I think I think the way to start this is uh, Mike uh, Mike has a uh, Mike gets a sexual thrill out of murder. Um, that's that's how you're linking what and oh Mike saves us from a cockroach immediately or water bug immediately before this recording and we're just throwing you under the bus. <laughs> yeah. You're the one who after doing too. so immediately said, "Ah, oh, I I killed something." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which I then twisted admittedly into <laughs> Mike gets a sexual thrill from taking lives. Look, if I it's have just a regular thrill. Well, look, Mike, <laughs> if I get half a chub cuz I've got three Magic Dragon songs on my playlist, well then you get a sexual thrill out of murdering things. I was wondering if you bring that back. <laughs> I guess we're equal now. And nothing says equality quite like the month of February. Oh, um, <laughs> what? It's it is. What? We're not going to talk about that, but why, it is. Why don't you just say Valentine's Day and name it the cockroaches after you... your ex lovers for Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day's love. I mean, you had it. You had a perfect. And you just had to go. Oh, was that me. for Valentine's uh, Day? Me, they do yeah, that or all your? Oh, I thought Valentine's. it was all year. All year round. I should have said fucking Valentine's. Okay, well then this is all your fault then. <laughs> it's for Valentine's. Day. Well, you know what else is for Valentine's Day? This episode of the Songtopsy <laughs> Report, where we dissect bad, bizarre, or other noteworthy music to figure out how it died. My name is Steve Trollinger. And I am Nick Brigadier. And I... Oh, you bastard. Fuck you, we Nick. We totally switched <laughs> up the order that time. Oh, my. I know how it feels now when he says the ant. And it's like, now I have to say and again? And, because, and because you're me, you have to come up with like a funny intro thing that leads into your name. That's like a, right. Like That's when, when Facebook used to make you talk in the third person like a for crazy your person statuses. for your status. They didn't make you. It's just everybody did. And uh, I'm STD love bugging Mike. Bro- <laughs> nope, nope. I was nope, like, that's perfect. Oh, Mike, that's perfect. Cut, STD love bugging Mike. Russell. Moving on. Oh, so and <laughs> folks, you might be wondering why I am the one talking and not Nick, and that's because we all took a vote, and it's and that's because I've been gagged and <laughs> tied up in the corner. We all took a vote, and it's time for Nick to die. <laughs> um, no, last week I threatened. Was it last week or the week before? I threatened. How do you keep track of all the times you threaten someone? I have a list. I threatened. I actually got in trouble at school one time for making a list of enemies. <laughs> oh, oh so- Steve, we're diving into that. Not in right now, but I need sure, to hear sure. every detail about it. Um, uh, I think it's better that I just leave it at that and don't explain that. Um, the Pope, Deng yes. Xiaoping. Uh, where I felt particularly impugned by the choices that you two made over songs. So now I threatened, or then I threatened, to come back at you in full force and you did. Nothing says Valentine's Day like vengeance. <laughs> they both start with V. <laughs> it's true. And to do so, the only way I could possibly enact the kind of righteous vengeance that is my trademark is with, that's right, another day at the movie. Oh, yay! yay! <laughs> Insert. Day at the movies theme. Da, 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 da. Now you have to find something that matches that exactly. <laughs> yes, thank you, Steven. As if you don't make my editing work hard enough. Um, I told you I was going to work on that, okay? No, um, no challenge accepted. We make him I'm, suffer through one song each, and he brings a whole cavalcade of them in. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I'm very excited because like last year around this time, we were doing a Hamilton porn parody, which was kind of our Valentine's Day theme. But this time, we're uh, discussing three specific movie yes, themes. Yes, this is the Valentine's Day edition of A Day at the Movies. Yes where we will be covering three of the sappiest, most bizarre, or otherwise overwrought love songs in film. However, in the great song topsy tradition, we are going to bring you the deep cuts. No low-hanging fruit here. We're not going to be talking about I Will Always Love You. We're not going to be talking about My Heart Will Go On. We're, those have been done to death. No, we are going to cut right to the meaty, delicious fat of love songs in movies. Specifically, love songs usually reserved for the end credits of, of movies, which is a thing. <laughs> but no, that, it's, they do always play the one you didn't hear in the whole movie, like uh, at the end. Yeah, but like was, like uh, like for last day at the movies for yeah. Lethal Weapon, 
the uh, uh, Lethal Weapon, yeah. the song Lethal Weapon, yes. was it? How credits. even love is yeah. a lethal weapon. That was at the end of the credits. Didn't use it in the movie. But this was such a tradition that I feel like it died with like the end of like the '90s. Like the whole like it movie, did the movie theme tie-in. So, gentlemen, uh, let's get right into it because I am going to try to correct the mistakes of last day at the movies by not talking an absurd amount about. Things we don't need to know. See, that's what the people are here for. They, they want your opinions. They want your hot takes. Please well, don't let us filter My you. jaw already hurts. This is the most continued talking I've done on the show in a while. Doing quite quite a lot of talking, yeah. Yeah, also, <laughs> I'm still getting over, like, a, a upper respiratory infection, so if I'm constantly clearing my throat, a I apologize. A self-diagnosed upper respiratory <laughs> infection. I've had enough of them that I can do it. And nothing gives me an upper respiratory infection like the Karate Kid. <laughs> There's a segue. Ah, uh, Hillary Swank was great, man. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> Fuck right on. before right before we started talking about this, I took a poll on the co-host and I I asked Mike, "Have you seen Karate Kid?" And he said, "The what? The one with Hillary Swank?" No. You mean Karate Kid Part Four, the one that anyone who watches Karate Kid doesn't know about or care about? Yeah, of course that's the one you, you know, remember. That's that's typical male behavior, Steve. You know, just taking the women down. You know, Hillary Swank came in; she was ready to fight like one of the boys. We're going to be discussing uh, everyone. Know, uh, everyone who has even a slight idea of the first Karate Kid movie remembers "You're the Best Around." That's like the song. If you do remember anything, that's the thing around. It's like "You're the Best Around." I remember the invaluable life lessons taught by <clears throat> Pat Morita. Yes, as Mr. Miyagi. Uh, yes. Also, I'm going to desperately try not to do a Mr. Miyagi impression, which will be horribly oh. offensive. Oh, he's going to do it. He's going to drop gonna it. And you got to leave it in when he does it. <laughs> desperately try not to do that. Because Pat Morita, the actor, is from America. So he doesn't talk like that. Like, if you listen so to Pat Morita. So he's the racist. If you listen to Pat Morita talk, he talks perfectly like a like a normal, fluent English speaker. And yet every time he's cast in something, he, he, t- he talks in third person like this. <laughs> Like I don't know if it's a decision. Who makes that decision? If it's he, him or not? That's that's his inner old decision. wise man, you know. Especially since Mr. Miyagi moved to America when he was like eighteen, and he lived here for sixty years, and he still talks like that. But Steve, what happened with the Karate Kid Part Two? Oh right, thanks, Nick. Uh, <laughs> oh shit. So everyone remembers yeah. that. Everyone remembers that first song for the first movie. You're the best around. It's in all sorts of best of '80s playlists. So there's an equally uh, there's an equally powerful song in part two. Uh, and it goes a little something like this. Tonight it's very clear As we're both lying here There's so many things I want to say Yo. So oh, yes, this. I'm watching the Karate Kid. I want. Are you? Because it doesn't sound like you no, do. That's what I, I like. Mike has had it on TV this whole time. <laughs> I don't see how this is gonna get you in the karate mood. Well, okay. you're gonna. You can't mood. picture a soft focus '80s montage of like a training sequence to this. I certainly oh, can. Mike, what's he doing? Like, like tucking in kittens into bed and. Like, uh, like baking cookies, you know? Mike, just, uh, you ignorant <laughs> slut. Hey, don't slut shame me, Steve. This is not, this is not a fight song. This is a love song. This is the love theme from the Karate Kid Part 2 because the Karate Kid Part 2 is at its heart a, a love, love story. story. It's not, but I'm oh saying it God. is. In truth, at heart, it's a story about revenge and karate. Uh, but I'll get to that. Now, if you're wondering why this song sounds familiar, uh, it is uh, uh, the song is written and performed by Peter Cetera, the former lead singer of the band Chicago. Uh, one of the one of the three lead singers. I don't know this. Apparently, Chicago has three lead, had three lead singers, which I think kind of oh, defeats the purpose yeah. of being the lead singer. But whatever. Um, uh, a trio himself. He was the, the barbershop <laughs> quartet at that point. Yeah. Who were the other instrument players? He was he was the bassist and singer songwriter, and then their keyboardist Robert Lamb was also one of the lead uh, vocals, and their guitarist Terry Kath was one of them as well. And Chicago, for people who might not know, its band's been around since the late '60s. Um, along with Canadian songwriter and producer David Foster, Peter Cetera was responsible for many of Chicago's greatest hits over the course of 17 albums. 
including songs you may know like If You Leave Me Now and You're the Inspiration. Um, You're the Inspiration. Yes, exactly. So do you know how did he get hired to do this for Karate Kid 2? <clears throat> did they hear his songwriting sensibility and say, this is exactly what their Karate Kid 2 is So they didn't. For? hire him to write this for Karate he Kid He burst too. into the recording studio and demanded. So uh, so after about 17 albums, he leaves Chicago because uh, he gets, he's, go, he's got too tired of the band's like extensive touring schedule, and he did a, a solo album like a few years before, uh, which nobody heard because Warner Brothers, the label, refused to promote it out of fear that he'd blow up and then leave Chicago, which is exactly what he ended up doing anyway, even though they didn't release the album. Um so he, hold him down, man. he he David Foster, who I mentioned, and his ex-wife uh, Diane Nini wrote this song, uh, "The Glory of Love," which was originally meant to be the end credit theme for Rocky Four. So he, they wrote this for Rocky Four, which ended up instead they. Ended up I was using, getting a real yeah. Rocky Four vibe from this, so I'm very mm. glad that you confirmed. It, it that. was passed over by uh, United Artists in uh, and instead for Survivor's "Hearts on Fire." Hearts on fire, like that's a montage song. There it is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So no, this they they wrote it for a completely different movie, and it ended up being, I I can't I cannot picture this being the song that you use. Oh, contrasty! This is still Four. very much a montage song, <laughs> even if like you said, it's just kittens and baking. Like, couldn't you imagine? Like, he spills a little bit of like the batter on his leg, and one of the cats wakes up and licks it, and like he laughs in slow motion, and it like pans over to like a different shot of him making muffins instead. <laughs> it sounds like And he's like putting his hands up like a shrug like what are you going to do? Yeah, sometimes he just forgets. Shrug. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> add the and, chocolate chips. And then the perfect strangers theme plays. <laughs> Um, okay, so this was originally for Rocky for Rocky Four, Four, the one where he fights communism. Yes, the one where he defeats communism. But wait, these songs. I assu- love fighting communism so much. <laughs> so I'm assuming these came around because actually I, I don't remember exactly what years these came out. So was Rocky Four around the same time as Karate Kid Two? Uh, Karate Kid. <laughs> it was two. ten years later. Yeah, no, they came out around the same time. It was uh, nineteen. Let's say nineteen eighty-six. Okay. Um, and he actually, for this song, he won an American Video Award for Best New Artist, despite the fact that he was the lead singer of Chicago for 17, 17 albums. albums. <laughs> Best New Artist on the scene. He was a solo artist. Now. Right, He's yes. totally different. Totally like different. Phoenix oh, the loopholes, man. It's all political <laughs> bullshit with that. So, the only reason we haven't gotten a Webby yet. That's why, that's why. So, because Mike doesn't know the, the plot of Karate Kid Part 2, and I won't belabor what? the plot of Karate Kid Part 2, this is, not, this is not a show about me just explaining the plots of movies. That is coming soon. It's coming soon. Uh, this is a sequel to 1984 smash hit The Karate Kid, starring Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita, both written by Robert Mark Common, and both directed by John G. Avildsen, who had directed the first Rocky movie and won an Academy Award for that, uh, and the school drama Lean on Me, the one with... Uh, Morgan Freeman, yes, he plays the, the toughest nails yes. like principal. He comes in, he like chains the school doors, keeps the gangs out, that sort of thing. Oh, damn. Based on a true story. But he did uh, not direct part four with Hillary Swank. No, he did not. He ah. did not direct part four. He directed one through three, and then that was it, and that should have been it ah, for everyone. He must hate women. Yeah, uh, clearly. <laughs> um, so in the Karate Kid part like two, uh, Karate Kid part one is basically a coming-of-age story. Kid gets bullied. He finds a mentor who teaches him how to defend himself and also like how to find the warrior within and like the philosophical underpinnings of why you shouldn't fight and all that sort of thing and gaining honor and that kind of thing. And at the end of the movie, he has this uh, big, uh, uh, glorious moment where he uh, defeats his bully, who's been his rival the whole movie, in a big tournament, uh, big karate tournament, and he's a big hero. That's when he crane kicks him. That's when he crane kicks him. Yes, Mike, there crane we go. Crane kicks the shit out That's of him, That's when he yeah. crane kicks him. <laughs> if, if, if do right, no can defend. Yeah. Which is how it's described yeah. by by Mr. Miyagi in the movie. Uh, as Yoda we, would have been best as friends. We, yeah, man. As <laughs> we, I'm not continuing that line of that line of thought. Yeah. That will end. It would with, be too much fun. It would be too much fun and too much racist. <laughs> so this glory of this glory of love song. How yes. how was it received so, by the by the people of karate? By okay. the people of karate. Uh, like do you do you do you sit there when this song comes on? It kind of like takes you out of the moment. Uh, for me personally, I think I've listened to it so much because I've seen the movie so many times every year that it's just now 
it's just ingrained into the fabric of the movie to me. Well, refresh my memory. Does this play at any point actually in the movie? So or is it, it just an end credits? It's, it's at the end credits. It does play a little bit in the middle. So in this movie, in the second one, the onus is no longer on Ralph Macchio's character. It is on Pat Morita's character, and it delves into his background and why he left his home in Okinawa and moved to the U.S., and it had to do with him declaring his love for a woman who is, who is a promise to his best friend, who then... So out, he kicks the shit out of who, his best friend who then, karate? Who then, out of honor, <laughs> challenged him to a karate duel to the death, but Mr. Miyagi doesn't want to fight his best friend, so he actually leaves the country and moves to the U.S., and then he finds out that his, in this movie that his father's dying. He's got to go back to Okinawa. And his friend and mentee, Ralph Macchio, comes with him because he wants to give him support like he gave him support. And then he ends up getting into his own karate rivalry with the uh, best friend's nephew. So, like, they have a rivalry as well. So they continue this rivalry throughout the generations. And it e ends in this, he falls in love with, like, a local Japanese girl who is also related to the woman that Wait, Mr. What? Miyagi fell in love with years ago. And they're also... Ralphio is? No. Well, he falls in love with the girl, Japanese girl, who is the niece of the woman that Mr. Miyagi fell in love with, who was betrothed to his rival. Steve, when you were ah. trying to explain the Cimmerillion, it made more sense. No, I'm not even going to get hung up on this. That. I don't want to get hung up on the plot, Nick, okay? Oh, so so the, as the trainer... <clears throat> Uh, overcomes the master by uh, getting the lady in the end, huh? You know, he was able to do what Mr. Miyagi could never do, and that was land the lady. Mike, don't That's put what your karate kid is all about. Mike, don't put your own personal insecurities onto this movie, please. So there's there's a scene there's a there's a like a little like budding love scene where uh, uh, Ralph Macchio's character and uh, uh, Kimiko is the character's name, the young Japanese woman. Japanese for chemical. Uh, yeah, um, they have a little. You know, like getting to know you, budding love type scene, uh, which has a this song plays during that as like a little undercurrent. It's not like over over it. You can still hear them talk and everything. But yes, it does occur during the movie, and that this song is centered more on that sort of aspect, that love aspect of the movie. Uh, and in the end of this movie, he has uh, in the first movie he ends this tournament, and in this movie he actually has a fight to the death. Uh, he, oh, he kills him. So no. That's the thing. He ah, he learns from Miyagi. The honor? He learns from Miyagi. He learns from Miyagi that true honor is in being merciful. Is packing your bags and moving to the U.S. giving up? Come on, man. I I won't just I won't discuss the movie anymore. You should just go watch it, and right. then you'll know what I'm talking so about. So this so this song means. This song makes me think now of forever is fighting to the death with karate. All right. Let's okay. Go. Good. We haven't even gotten to the fun part of the song yet, so I'm gonna play. Oh. Just put the cookies in the oven. Oh, damn. So in that end scene I was mentioning, Kimiko is, is threatened by the younger rival who he, he feels his honor has been uh, impugned as well. So she, he's got like a butterfly knife to her throat, right? And he challenges uh, Ralph Macho's character to a fight to the death to, to save her. And so that's, they fight for the glory of love, you see. Uh, like the song like says. Like the song says. <laughs> now there's, I-, I But is, is, <clears throat> it, is it love? Is it love? Are we going to uh, answer the question of what is love today? What no, is I, I love how you're you're explaining, Steve, how the lyrics of the song make sense in the context of the story. Mike seems to think that the moral of the story changes what the song should have been about. Yeah. <clears throat> Dude, it's... Don't Move worry. to America, you pansy-ass <laughs> bitch. The new hit single by... But now the whole reason I picked this yeah, song because I don't. What, what, I, it's what, is, not, what is it that really uh, it's, sparked this song? Because you think this is a song. This is this is a this is a show about us going at like weird, bizarre, not or otherwise or noteworthy, otherwise noteworthy music. music. Now, and I actually I did I chose these words carefully at the beginning. Three of the sappiest, most bizarre, overwrought love songs. We will have an example of all three of them. This uh, is uh, quantified under the heading of sappy. Uh, because of lyrics like, I'll be the man who will fight for your honor. I'll be the hero you're dreaming of. Gonna live forever. Also, that's my favorite. My favorite part of this song is the way he says man. 
Yeah. I am a male. <laughs> a male. <laughs> Sounds like Sounds a like cat. a cat once yeah. again, like he's tucking kittens in. Well, yeah. Yo. <laughs> I really want to see this montage now. <laughs> Steve, every time you're filling out like a doctor's form, like and it's checking male or female, do you go, I am a man? Yes. In your head or out loud? Both. So I'm a multitasker. So whose honor are they? They're fighting for the ladies' honor? Are they fighting for the ladies' love? Because like fighting for their honor, the ladies' love? I think does he want the other guy's honor? He's like, I want to fight you for your honor and her love. Ralph Macchio's character has spent the whole movie avoiding fighting this guy because he learned in the first movie that fighting is the last recourse. You don't fight just to prove you're tough. You only fight when it truly matters. Otherwise, nonviolence is the way of things. So he spends the whole movie trying to talk to the guy, trying to talk him down, trying to explain why this is irrational, and the guy just gets more and more furious. Chozon, I think his name is Chozon, um... Chosen gets more and more furious, feels like he's, because he's a, he's a big bully and a jerk, but he feels like it, he's been shown up over and over again. And the, so it's like, that is, that is the honor for him. Oh my God. The he's, only, he's in love with Ralph Macchio. He's in love with him, man. Think now's the point of the episode where, where <laughs> Mike says something that I would never have thought of in a hundred million years. I am a man who will <clears throat> fight for your honor. We'll live Forever, because because well, he knows he knows Ralph Macchio is too much of a pansy to actually kill him. So he's yeah, he so wants his we'll attention. For he while. wants his attention. He keeps coming at him all movie. Come at me, come at me. He's like, there's only one way to get to him. Yeah, I, I know Ralph Macchio wasn't such a pansy. The girl would never got her life. And a butterfly in knife, in the first place. Butterfly knife is a phallic object. <laughs> you know, you might be right because the character of Chosen does spend most of the movie with his shirt open. <laughs> yes, he's he wants. To he's got. A I'll show you. A, I'll show you guys a picture later. He has unnaturally large pectorals, like completely out of phase with the rest of his body. <laughs> like, he looks like a fairly, like, well, like, he's a tall dude, fairly well-built, and then all of a sudden he's got massive oh. pectorals that don't match the rest of his body. That's the image he wants to be in his dreams. He wants to be that hero we see. Yes. You, know? <laughs> you want to be chosen by Chosen. <laughs> I can't, I honestly can't discern if that's the low-hanging fruit or not. I may have gone for it. Oh, oh, I see it now. This is This is a song that you write when you're drunk. You're drunk and you're like you all you have is bar napkins. This is the song. This, <laughs> this is, is the how you write that song. This is the kind of song you would only write on bar napkins. Yeah, <laughs> after a breakup while you're drunk. Oh. This will get her back. I am a man who will fight for your honor. I'll be the hero you're dreaming of. Not not Kyle. <laughs> Fuck Kyle. Fuck him. I could never make it alone. Oh, my God. What? Who wants a man like that? Can't handle things? Can't run things? Come on. <laughs> Yo, I could <clears throat> never make it alone. She's going to stay with Kyle, man. You know, that's, a ha- that's how it works. See? Kyle's got his shit together. This guy kind of seems like a wreck. <laughs> I, you're now forcing the reality of Kyle on me. <laughs> It was just a random name I picked out of the ether, and now you are forcing reality on me. Now, I'm, all right, what's this? What are his? What are the motivations of Kyle? All right, this is the bridge. Here's the bridge, y'all. Key change. That's kind of vague. What? I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa, it's self-explanatory. What, what What? are you confused about? As he's writing the lyrics on the napkins, he's continuing to drink. So, like a night from long ago. Yeah, because they're not really around anymore, but for a while But, like, back, you could still get knighted today, but, like, it's not, like, the same thing. <laughs> you get what I mean. Cheryl, you'll get what I mean. Cheryl, oh. Cheryl and Kyle. Shyle is their couple name. And that drives him nuts. <laughs> <laughs> he's mansplaining. Yeah, he's mansplaining. Yeah. Shall be the man. <laughs> he's mansplaining. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey now. 
take you to my castle. Oh, yeah, you don't know he owns a castle. You don't know? (laughs) No, I... Fucking Kyle (laughs) fucking owns a castle. Now, typically, the knights did not own the castles. They worked under the, you know, offices of a feudal lord. We all get how feudalism works, Nick. This is America. This is America. I think he's making the castle up. He goes, yeah, I'll take There's you to a, my castle. Wait, so you think this? Away. You think this guy doesn't actually have a castle? No way. There's a no. castle in the movie. There a there's ca- a castle in the movie. Shut up. There's a there's a there's actually a plot point of the movie is that uh, Mr. Miyagi's rival has, in his absence, become basically the kingpin of this entire region of Okinawa. Like he owns the fisheries, the farms. He owns like a karate studio that uh, like teaches all the American MPs and the air base. He basically owns the deed to the town. And he owns an ancient castle also within the town's uh, perimeter that they used to hold like a yearly festival at. But they don't anymore because he sells off pieces of it to like American collectors and whatnot for more money. Is this his rival, his best friend? Yeah, yeah, uh, from uh, from uh, 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 I should I should really use their character names. It would make it much less confusing. Uh, um, uh, Sato, his name is Sato. Sato. Uh, but yeah, there is a castle in the movie. So that only for, so he's th- taking her back to that castle. She doesn't want to go there. Does the nephew live in the castle? Who lives in the castle? No one lives in the castle. Who lives in the castle, Steve? I'm just saying air, he's Airbnb in it and pretending he owns it. I'm I'm convinced. I'm just saying <laughs> that's why she left you for Kyle in the first place. I'm just saying there's a castle in the movie. There's a castle in the song. They're not necessarily the same castle, but there is a castle. It will never <clears throat> be like Kyle's castle. <laughs> I took you to White Castle that one time. And you said you had a good time, but you were lying about everything. Just in time, I was saving the day. So wait, would it have been like two on the nose if he had said, I'll be your samurai going to my castle? Yes. Because it's Japan. Because <clears throat> uh, that's all we need. That's all we know about Japan. It's not a rich cultural tapestry. No, I'm just saying if that's, all the, swords if and that's the metaphor he's going to go with. Tom knight, Cruise. Knight and castle. That's a very Eurocentric lyric no, and metaphor because Japanese with. feudalism is the exact same system. You had the Daimo who are the feudal landlords. You have the samurai who are the knights. You have the yeah, peasants. But, uh, they fucked but still, over the, and they had the ninjas. It's huh? the same He's feudal still system. Using a very Eurocentric. They just had ninjas. They had extra things which was the, <laughs> Europe didn't have ninjas <laughs> as we learned from the song show Gummo. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you know, that, now that talk about a love song right there. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> so that's that's Glory of Love Wow! by Peter Cetera, formerly of Chicago. It's not actually Chicago. <laughs> it's not Chicago, just the man from Chicago. Chicago. Um, that was sappy. That was sappy, and uh, I, I, I still feel like we've uncovered some layers to that. I think we did. <laughs> Maybe that even he didn't know. But now, Steve, you, you mentioned sappy, and what, what are the other two? So the second one is bizarre. Ooh. We do love bizarre here, don't we, we gentlemen? We do. Um, love is bizarre, isn't it? Love, yes, it's certainly. Uh, we're getting, we're getting to the crux of what love is. I hope by the end of this episode, we'll fig- finally figure it out for all time. <laughs> now, the song tops your board has always been about. Yeah, it's like don't put that, don't put that pressure on us. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so the second song is the song we fight for love uh, by the band The Power Station. Uh, and it is a song that played as the end credits love theme for a movie, and that movie, gentlemen, was the 1985 seminal Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Commando. <laughs> Commando. The love theme from Commando. I do. I. I don't even think we need to do another 20 minutes on that. Anyone who's seen the movie Commando who's listening is laughing already because they know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but see, refresh my memory. Was Commando a love movie? Yes, it was. It was about one man's love for two things, his d- beloved daughter and destruction. I will fight for love. <laughs> it just gets in there. I will fight love. <laughs> this movie, I fight love. I fight the, I fight the cherub and the cupid. It's like, no, Arnold, this isn't the 90s yet. This isn't a 90s Arnold comedy yet. <laughs> this is the mid-80s, gentlemen. This is the heyday of the Arnold Schwarzenegger 80s action star. Uh, so... There's a little movie called Commando. Uh, but before we get into Commando, let's talk a little bit about the, about the uh, song itself. Uh, here's a little taste. 
And that's it. That's the whole song. Little hi hat. Little yeah. hi hat action. All right. <laughs> do you feel the love, guys? I do. I feel so loved. So I'm going to pause there because there's not a whole heck of a lot of other lyrics after this. So we got we got a really safe space here. Uh, talk about setting up high expectations. Yeah, don't uh, you, nothing's getting you. Storm clouds, forget about it. Rain, get it out of here. Oh, that's not. Uh, yeah. you, that's you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, so so little little info background info first. Uh, we fight for love is by the band The Power Station, which is a 1980 supergroup. You all know what a supergroup is. We do. Um, uh, do I? Tell me what a super group <laughs> so, is. Steve. A band made up of famous members of other bands. Yeah. So like the most uh, the one I top of my head that I always think about are the Traveling Wilburys, which is like the when you think of the supergroup, it is the like the Ur example of a supergroup because it had like it had like uh Roy Orbison and George Harrison and and Tom Petty and Eric Clapton, like it was a super duper fucking group. Whoa. The power station isn't quite that super duper of a group. Is composed initially of singer Robert Palmer of Addicted to Love fame, um, uh, drummer uh, Tony Thompson, and Duran Duran members John and Andy Taylor. So like a sidekick group. Kind of. Sort of like superheroes Uh, of the the music industry. Yeah, it's (laughs) like Robin and Aqualad. They're the Teen Titans of the It's the Teen Titans to the Justice League. uh, Of of supergroups. The track was originally titled, Someday, Somehow, Someone's Gonna Pay which was the tagline of the movie Commando and is also the most vague description, the most vague declaration of violent intent I've ever heard. It's like <laughs> Or it's about a repo man. <laughs> Boy, I don't know how, but somehow, somewhere, someday, somebody is going to get murdered by me. Yeah. I can just Someone see Someone will get killed because of something that happened somewhere at some point. Yeah, it's man. It's also U.S. foreign <laughs> policy. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a love song. It's a love song, guys. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it already. You know, because love. I am a mountain Surrounded by a love You are a mountain That dreams are made of Whoa, whoa. Wait. So I am a mountain Surrounded by your love You are a mountain no. That dreams are made of Wait. He just said we have we have very little metaphor to work with. He just said he's a mountain surrounded by her love. So she's a mountain that's giving love to his mountain. They're adjacent mountains. My mountain, babe. They're adjacent <laughs> mountains within the same mountain range, and uh, they're surrounded by a dewy mist called well, love. Well, hang on. So it's like if if her if her, if she's a mountain. And like the water runoff from the top is her love. That runoff could be going into the adjacent mountain. Yes, into the topsoil where yes. where it, where it allows a uh, uh, cash crop. Shouldn't to grow. his yes. love be going in her topsoil? I mean, like for talking. Like well, I think mechanics. it's love, not bodily Ma- fluids. Mountain mechanics here. I'm just mountain to... mechanics. <laughs> I think that was the, that was the vaguest geology porn magazine you could buy. <laughs> No, Mike, you idiot. Check out the <laughs> check out the topsoil on that mountain. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that mountains reproduce like seahorses. It's the male that gets it. Everyone knows. Oh, it. my my mistake. My mistake. In case you can't tell, he fights for love. Does he though? I just remember the end scene where he murders like. 80 people in a courtyard within he like three minutes. He does that because his daughter has been kidnapped and he loves her so much. It's true. Love love makes you crazy. Love's a mental illness, man, and you will just murder people. But what if a lot of those hench people only did that job to support their families in what country is it? Uh, Valverde, a Val- made-up South, uh, South American country. Yes. So don't worry. They're all from South America, yep. so it's fine that he murders them. Oh, wow. The 80s, we had. They, they always had the... Easiest ways to clear your conscience for all the bloodshed you're witnessing. So, so for people for people listening who may not have seen the movie Commando, what is wrong with you? Secondly, uh, it's a movie whose plot and characters sound as if someone used one of those random internet generators and then poured millions of dollars into it. 
You know what I'm talking about? Like those writing generators that you go online. You're just like, I'm going to uh, uh, generate. And it's like, uh, you play, you are an ice cream vendor who witnesses a mob hit. You know, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried as best I could to condense the plot into... Uh, this, is, this is my personal description of the plot of Commando. <clears throat> Retired Special Forces soldier John Matrix and his daughter are attacked by his former unit's loose cannon-turned-mercenary, Bennett, at Matrix's secluded mountain retreat. His daughter is kidnapped and used as blackmail to force Matrix to undergo a one-man coup on behalf of a South American dictator. Matrix proceeds to immediately kill his handlers, abandon the coup, enlist the help of a flight attendant, and systematically hunt down and kill all the mercenaries and the dictator's army in increasingly ludicrous and pun-based ways. <laughs> he's dropping puns while he's killing people? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you asked, Mike. <laughs> and if he wants your kid back, then you got to cooperate. Right? Wrong. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this movie's got a few puns. That uh, wasn't a pun. Well, uh, that was just him shooting a guy. <laughs> You know, he, he, you know, butted him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, here, here you go. Beers in Valverde Matrix. It'll give everyone a little more time with your daughter. You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Any carry-on luggage? Steve, you keep saying there's puns. <laughs> Hold on. Wait for it. Excuse me. How long is the flight? We land in Valverde in exactly 11 hours. Thank you. And do me a favor. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. Uh, ah, because he's dead. Yeah. So that was the handler. He killed him on the plane, and that was how he managed to convince the flight attendant to ignore a dead body on the plane yeah. for, like, 12 hours. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if we want to take the reality of that scenario... I and mean, we do. <laughs> I mean, he would... He would have to take him into the bathroom and change him. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, he would have shed his pants right in the... <laughs> right when you die, yeah. Little known fact, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, when you die, you evacuate your bowels. Did you see that that uh, viral video of <laughs> someone farted so bad on the plane they made an emergency landing? Yes. I didn't see a viral video. I heard the news. <laughs> Can you imagine Having gas, that's so bad. <laughs> like, like, you're just trying not to let anyone know it was you, and they're fucking landing the goddamn plane. Like, you've ruined everyone's day. <laughs> yeah, if they if they don't land a... <laughs> Sorry, I was hoping it would, it would it would start with We Fight for Love again. I wanted that to be the... We Fart for Love. We Fart for Love. We Fart for Love. Oh... Yeah, they don't land the flight for the dead body, but a guy farts, and they have to ground yeah, the flight. exactly. Uh, and then there's this one from earlier. But what is important is gravity. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Major. You did. I lied. Oh, <laughs> oh Damn. It wasn't even in the script. Arnold Schwarzenegger just killed that actor. <laughs> and and the best one of all, the one everyone points to. Let off some steam, Bennett. Let off some steam. So this love song is about. This love song for this movie about a guy that hurls steam pipes <laughs> through people's chests and then tells them to let off some steam. That was good. That was really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, my favorite one-liner from this movie was like at the end of the movie, after the scene that Nick described where he spends roughly 20 minutes murdering an entire South American army. Mm. Uh, like his, his like a, the American general shows up and he goes, did you leave anything for us? And he goes, he just looks at the camera and goes, Bodies, and then the movie ends. <laughs> the last line of the movie. We fight for love, and then that starts playing. <laughs> so let's get back to some fighting for love. Somewhere, somehow, 
So you can see how the song was originally titled Somehow, Somewhere, 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 Someone's Gonna Pay. Because let me tell you, that repeats at least 15 times throughout the rest of the song. And you said it was a mountain resort? Is that what no, the that's whole... just that was just a scene. He lives in a secluded mountains, like in the mountains with his daughter in a secluded villa. Uh, I just thought it was interesting that there was mountains in the song yeah. as well. It's just a lot of correlations. Yes. Just like there's a, a castle, castle in the song, and there's a castle in the movie. <laughs> You'll always be in my heart. Da 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 da. Boom. Oh my. There's. He's cutting people's arms off. Like there. This movie for the '80s is pretty gruesome. Like at one point, he hurls a, a loose disc from like a buzzsaw at a guy's head so hard it slices the top of his head off. I want to ask you guys, honestly, mm-hmm. honestly, you know, if it was Valentine's Day. Okay. Would you kill a South American <laughs> army? <laughs> you know? And you're betrothed, right? Mm-hmm. Two scenarios. Comes in, flowers, chocolate, big old teddy bear, and I love yous and snuggles and kisses, right? Or fucking chucks a pipe through someone's chest to save your life. I mean, and, and then just ripping off limbs and beating up people. I mean, I'm that. what expressed it? What really shows that you care, you know? <laughs> Well, Mike, you know, I'm not about the drama, so I think guy one. He's really more like the chocolates and flour type person. It depends how far in the relationship we are, because that's like a, like decapitating a guy or like scalping a guy with a buzzsaw. Like, if it's like two years in and the relationship is serious, that might be okay. But if, if we've only been together for like three months and he's already murdering South American armies for me, I, I just like, I'd already be afraid. Like, what if, what if I break up? And I don't want to be thinking that, especially on Valentine's Day. Oh, oh, I don't know, Nick. I just like to feel safe. You guys are just different, all right? You guys have differences. You guys have similarities, all right? You're each the same beautiful Mike, what person. about seeing your... Uh, you know, boo, ripping the arms off of people makes you feel safe. <laughs> also, big props for the line, I fight with fire as I watch them conspire. Someone, someone, solid rhyme. Someone definitely was nose deep in a thesaurus yeah. for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, as I watch them plot, as I watch them <laughs> plan. Uh, but that's it for between the light and like a minute yeah. and a half into this full length song. Yeah. there's no new lyrics. No, it's it's some there's uh, just two minutes of somehow, somewhere, somewhen, damn damn, <laughs> repeat. <laughs> but, but they don't tell you what's gonna happen. No, they do. You fight for love. That's what that's what happens. It's not someone's gonna pay someone. So th- they very cleverly take the first part of the movie tagline, but then they change it to fighting for love instead of paying. Because paying and fighting for love are not necessarily the same thing. I just <laughs> Somewhere, <laughs> somehow, someone's going to pay for love. Let's just combine them. <laughs> well, that, that, that's, more or less, that's more or less true. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know. Aw. There's nothing wrong with lessons. Some people got to pay for love. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's two types of people in the world, Steve. People got to pay for love. This and is the part of the ep- and people have to fight for it. Okay. This is the part of the episode where where Mike desperately struggles to not speak from experience. No. This is the also part of the show where I try to get Mike on record as saying I have never paid for sexual relations. I have never paid for sexual <clears throat> relations. Thank you, Steve. All right. Well, we'll see what happens after Ken Starr gets back to me. What's clar- what's classified as sexual? Because <laughs> what if I spent a lot of money, like on a night that was an investment in eventual sexual relations? <laughs> then sure. <laughs> well, Steve. So that was bizarre. What is the final? The final. The final option is overwrought. Because these are options, listeners. Yeah, you can right. pick whichever one of these. These are your love you options. It's like a menu. Oh, it's a, or a dating game. <laughs> Let's, this episode's let's, like a menu, except the waiter's uh, taking about an hour to get through everything. You're so funny, Nick. Everyone loves you so much because of how funny you are. <laughs> That's what all the reviews say, right? They all call you out by name by how funny you are, right? 
Actually, usually they call out Mike. There was one reviewer who said, like, better than SNL, Mike's very funny. Oh, Are yeah. you sure that wasn't better than <laughs> S&M? <laughs> Even I'll admit, we're not better than that. Yeah. Although Mike could speak more to that than I uh, could. I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good at being bad. <laughs> Speaking of S&M... <laughs> Is that what the next song's going to be about? Hold on. Speaking of (laughs) S&M. That's our last song. That's our last song. So that whip noise you heard, ladies and gentlemen, was not the whip of consensual Congress. That was the whip of Zorro. (laughs) Spanish for Fox. Is that what that means? Yes. Ah, totally totally makes sense totally makes sense i loved this movie growing up by the way i had a vhs copy of this that i wore out this is like one of my mom's favorite movies we don't like we had a handful of swashbucklers it was like this and the mummy and like the man in the iron mask i did love i did do love the man in the iron mask oh that's the one with leo dicaprio yeah Yeah, he's the only part of the movie i don't care for (laughs) everyone else is great he was young at that. That was when that was when like you could tell he had chops, but his youth really worked against him. Where he's like, mm. I don't want to listen to anything your whiny ass has to say right now. Come back in ten years. Get, uh, get back to me in ten years after you've been imprisoned in a in a in a prison island <laughs> in Boston or something. <laughs> um, so this is from a movie called The Mask of Zorro mm. uh, it, from uh, 1998, Eight? I want to say, yeah. 1998, an action film starring Antonio Banderas. Legally, you have to say his name like that. Anthony Hopkins and Catherine Zeta-Jones, directed by Martin Campbell of uh, Campbell of GoldenEye yes. and Casino Royale fame. Yes. Um, and uh, this is the end love theme. I want to spend my lifetime loving you. That's the title. But the VHS version of this, before you got to the movie, they would always have like a little 30-second commercial advertising to buy the soundtrack. So there's always a little advertisement for the, for the song. With like free-to-play sound bites of like fire, infernos, and things yes. like that, and whip sounds. Okay, so now imagine listening to that after like a massive, a big explosion has happened at the end of the movie. Zorro has walked to the front of the screen and done the famous like Z, shred the screen with a big fiery Z with his sword. And then everyone's just come down off this big climax and all of a sudden... That's when it comes in. That's like that's what. Yes, happens. that's what happens. Well, yeah, because the climax that, that the, whip that whip you hear and like the shoo 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 at the beginning of the song is the end of the movie. Like that's him walking to the screen and doing the big Z. Oh into the, wow, into they the, really bring it down. Yeah, I call it the Schumacher. After the two Schumacher Batman movies, where for some reason each one ends with Batman running to the screen with a bat symbol behind. Oh, him. I thought you meant just like crushing disappointment. <clears throat> that too. Anytime you're disappointed, you Schumachered. Yeah, <laughs> that's not fair. He's got a lot of good movies too, and he's a very nice man. But yeah, I met him once. He was very nice to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he. Uh, I actually, cause I because I I went to the uh, premiere of Phantom of the Opera. Though oh, he did the yes. movie adaptation, I went to the premiere, sat in front of Gerard Butler. Uh, uh, spoke with Minnie Driver, what? and I went to Joel Schumacher, and I said, uh, "Man, I love this musical. This is a great adaptation." And he's like, Thank "So you, you lied to his face?" Yes, I did. Lied wow. to his face. Especially since uh, the next words out of my mouth were, "Man, and you know, I loved Batman Forever." <laughs> I, I love Batman Forever too. <laughs> so. And I don't think he had ever heard anyone say that before because he had no idea how to answer that. He just went, "Oh yeah, well, it made a lot of money, I guess." And then he just wanted to extricate himself from the conversation. Well, also, you kept shoving your screenplay in his yeah. face, <laughs> begging him to read it. Which was the Forever the one with the Riddler? Or? Yes, yes, Riddler and Two Face. We're not getting into that when we when we do when we do uh, I don't know a Seal song at some point. We'll get into that more. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions about Batman Forever. We won't get into it now, though. Um, so I want to spend my lifetime loving you. Which is a mouthful. It sounds exhausting. Yes, it's a mouthful. I know yeah. a lifetime <laughs> mouthful. A mouthful. Um, but like a goldfish's lifetime. It's so like a couple of years. <laughs> um, so this song, 
goldfish singing love songs together. <laughs> Golden no. eye, goldfish. It it there's a something to it. Oh no, but he says I want to spend my lifetime. He's specific, right? Not yes. a lifetime, not yes. somebody else's <clears throat> lifetime. Wants to spend his lifetime. Spend your you. grandma's lifetime loving you. So she, <laughs> she's not long for this world. He really want he really wants to nail you down for a while. Like, like he really wants to like yes, get yes, he, he really yeah, wants he to does. get really <laughs> wants to get the schedule down. Mike is thrusting into the air. Yeah. He wants to get that audience. scheduled. Like, I want to spend a lifetime loving you, so let's schedule that out right now. Yes. Uh, so hey, song- Siri, schedule a lifetime of yeah. loving you. Uh, but the song itself is sung by the duo of Tina Arena, uh, birth name Filipina Lydia Arena, who's an Australian singer-songwriter. And Wait, Tina Arena, the Filipina... Tina Arena, that? whose birth name was Filipina Lydia Arena. Gotcha. Um, oh, she should just put it all <clears> together. <throat> just- <laughs> Tina Filipina Arena. <laughs> And uh, a little-known uh, artist, uh, you probably haven't heard of him. His name is Mark Anthony. I know him. Okay. Well, way <laughs> to just deflate that joke. Wait. <laughs> uh, born Marco Antonio Muniz, a Puerto Rican Mar- Mar- sing- Married to someone whose name rhymes with Schmenishmershmopez. Yeah. Known for both his uber-passionate singing voice and his 10-year marriage to Schmenishmershmopez. Jennifer Lopez who's uh, married to J-Lo yeah, yeah, yeah. J-Lo and produced by our old friend Jim Steinman of Meatloaf of Meatloaf oh, and Celine right, right, Dion right, fame right right right, right so right. there's a lot of heavy hitters behind this again eight minute song about being completely in love with someone the song almost lasts a lifetime exactly night's so fine keep your heart with mine life's a dream we are dreaming kind of hit the same point on the head twice there This just sounds like an extended one night stand after your trip and balls. I mean, <laughs> you're Mike, right. why don't you tell us about it? <laughs> He's like, yo, we're dreaming, man. Life's the dream. We're dreaming. And she's like, yo, let's chase, let's, let's chase the moon. Let's chase the fucking moon, let's man. Let's catch the wind. Yo, shit, the moon's <laughs> running away. It's got legs. Get let's it. Get the it. tides are going to get all fucked up. <laughs> uh, She's riding the night. He's watching. It's getting crazy, man. Now, I think I personally, the first song, the first part of the song sounds like they just grabbed the lyrics out of a book of old proverbs or fortune cookies. Like I could write like just, your lucky numbers are 13, 14, 26. <laughs> I, I, catch, catch the moon, oh chase the wind, seize the day. Like I could write a song using nothing but Aesop's fables, and it would sound the same. Like, <laughs> pride comes before a fall. Slow and steady wins the race. Laugh and the world laughs with you. Look before you leap. The difference is you didn't write those lyrics, Steve. They did. Also, we didn't get into the whole. The song immediately starts to sound like the '90s as a song, just the the like the claps or the snaps yes. and the like sn- someone is you snapping got, rhythmically in a very large empty room. Yeah. You got like the those are R and B snaps. Those yeah. are specific '90s R and B snaps. But Steve, this is the maracas got, like the. But Steve, let's not overlook the fact this is one thousand percent the sexiest song we have ever done here on the song. It is. I, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't put a warning in front of the song yeah. before we started doing it. Sorry, listeners. We're about to get sexy. Woo! I mean, just look at Antonio. Uh, oh my God! <laughs> Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Antonio Banderas. Mike's speechless. Just looking at him. Because- just, oh God! It takes my it takes my speech. He is away. a breathtaking man, <laughs> even at like 60 now. Also, I'm of the opinion that the title of your song shouldn't be half of the chorus. It shouldn't be so long to be half of the chorus. <laughs> Describes um, Anthony Hopkins' character. Yeah. How so? Well, because he he you 
know, his his wife gets killed in the beginning. His daughter gets taken away. He falls. He goes to prison, and then he rises again. Trains a new Zorro. He gets he and in the end, the very last moment. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen this twenty one year old movie. He reconnects <laughs> with his daughter, and it also applies to uh, Antonio Banderas' character as well. Thank you, Nick, for the plot of you asked me no no i'm actually thanking you no i'm saying because i don't say that i assume when you're thanking me you're being sarcastic that's my thank you nick you were you were ready you were that's my fault come at me i did call you a stupid bitch out of nowhere so you can't i can't blame you for it i'm just saying thank you because i i had almost forgot to actually because i was trying to discuss the plots of these movies a little bit each time and I had not, we'd gone halfway through the song without me saying anything. So thank you for that very concise your plot description of uh, Zorro. Mike, let me ask you, have you ever, mm. because you are more likely to talk about sexual escap- escapades than Nick or I in public, uh, sh- sure, sure. Um, have you ever gotten that kind of feedback from a lady before that you have, what was to it? To take her hand and dance with her? Sure, all the time. What was it? Uh, we can, we, we can move worlds again. Have you ever been accused of of uh, rocking someone's world, as it were, moving the world? Has any does anyone use those the, those terms anymore? Like, or is it just like, man, that was good fucking, right? And then you fall asleep. Ah, uh, listen, I'm a pillow talker. Okay, come on. This is the, what I need to know. But yeah, as in I practice my pickup lines with a pillow. How do you spell pillow? Is that two some, L's or one? He's like a crude, crudely drawn face with lipstick. <laughs> oh, yes, Mike. I think you spell it with two. I'm your pillow. <laughs> your, your roommate's knocking on the door. Who are you talking to? No, give me some examples of some Mike Russell pillow talk. I'm curious. So- <laughs> You're more likely to talk about it than I am, but like, what do you, what do you, what do you say to a, Steve a woman? Steve needs some new lines. Help him out. After you've loved a woman, oh how my how do you talk? God. How do you speak? Steve, you have a fiance. Why do you yeah. need his advice? Listen. I don't need his advice. I just want to know sure what, he, you what he's don't. doing. What he sure, does. this isn't a mask. So listen, Steve. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I thought we don't have a whole body of work of Mike bringing this stuff up apropos of nothing. Now when I actually want him to talk about it, everyone's up my ass. Look, Steve, Steve's, you know, Steve's in love. And, uh, he was just looking for a little love advice from MrMikeRussell.com. Okay, That's you know what? what? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I thought you would be ready at the, no, ready at the, so at the console. So, so, yeah. So, uh, so uh, I enjoy talking about... Um, Sometimes I'll talk about the Sontopsy report. <laughs> Post coitus, they're both dragging on a cigarette. Mike's like, so I tell you about my podcast. <laughs> Boy, you know what's almost. And she's just- like, Mike, I, I, how can I possibly fuck you again? I'm so exhausted, but everything you're saying is just getting me revved up. <laughs> No, but for real, man. Oh, know. yeah. Tell me the platforms it's on. It's on Spotify. Oh, yeah. yeah. CastBox. Oh, yeah. Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. Stitcher. <laughs> you know, it's my own fault for asking an actual question. All right, yeah, all right. I'll give you a real answer, Steve. I like to talk about life, dreams, the universe, politics. I don't know, whatever just comes. But have you personally ever gotten feedback like that? Feedback about rocking the world? Move yeah, worlds like again? moving worlds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Seriously? I mean, not not those words but exactly. Seriously, Nobody though, let's has. be honest men to each other. Have you gotten that kind of feedback? That I did a good job? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, Steve. Steve. Uh, yeah, uh, my, yeah. <laughs> Steve. For Foley work, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I think it's very important to take a woman's uh, needs and uh, satisfy them. You know what I mean? You just and you gotta you gotta get in there. You gotta be an animal. Have you ever told her then that you wish to? Whoa! Did you feel that? Whoa! Did you feel that? Whoa! Someone dropped the drum kit. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait! Oh shit! Oh, we'll leave it in. <laughs> that was so dramatic effect. Play it again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that really catches you off guard. 
That's what happens after you spend your lifetime loving someone. Da 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 dump. <laughs> okay. Whose idea was that? Yo, you go. Uh, you know what we don't have for this for this super uh, like cheesy overall love song? A drum line. Can we get a high school drum line in here? Oh, you know we yeah we got a little few extra bucks in the budget. Let's uh, let's get them in there. Yeah, the very end of filming in post production, the last scraps of money they had in the budget went for that drum line. It also sounds like orchestral. Like they got a little trumpet to go. Dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah. It's yeah, too there's much. there's an orchestra behind this. Yeah. It's too much, man. Are you saying this song's too much? It's You're saying a lifetime's worth of loving expressed through lyrics doesn't deserve a whole orchestral hit in the background? It doesn't. It won't fit. It can't fit. No way. It's, We're not talking how about often pillow talk anymore. I was going to say, <laughs> we moved on. How often have you heard that? Yeah, Mike's heard that, I think. I think Mike's heard that yeah. before. <laughs> a drum line in the bedroom? Yes. I like to, uh, you know... <laughs> oh, that time you... That, <laughs> that time that marching band came over, Mike. So listen, I got a really interesting kink, okay? <laughs> Nick Cannon has to be in the room with me at all times. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a lifetime. Yeah, there's nothing like marriage that prevents you from ever having a satisfying orgasm yeah. again. <laughs> yes, for those of you who missed it, the lyric was, we'll never know. We'll know we will never come again. Well, if you That should be in everyone's <clears throat> wedding vows. If you took the lyrics literally, mm -hmm. that they're having a lifetime of loving... Taking tantric to the the next to the hyper level. I mean, of anyone, if it's not Sting, I believe in Antonio Banderas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just <clears throat> funny. But so, what what do they mean? They'll never come again. You'll see. So yeah, there's a lot of innuendo in the oh, song. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> as in, as in, it writes a bunch of single entendres on a piece of paper, attaches it to a brick, and then hurls it in your window. <laughs> oh, that kind of innuendo. In, in your window. <laughs> I'm glad I tickled Mike. <laughs> That's good, Steve. <laughs> Nick is nodding his head in, a, in silent approval. He doesn't want to love it. He loves it. <laughs> Steve, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Mike, love is worth everything we pay. Your Honor. Your Honor. <laughs> I gave her her money's worth, Your Honor. <clears throat> like, how, if, I, this you song. You are worth every penny. <laughs> this song. That's, that's, a, that's my other pillow talk. <laughs> I thought you said you never pay for that, Mike. <laughs> my stuff's a single into his, like, pillow casing. Oh, my. Here's the thing about this song, guys. I don't know how you sing this song and not rip your shirt off your body at, at some point. Yeah, we all three of us have done it. Yeah, like you can't sing this song. You can't sing the song with full emotion and not get to such like a moment of ecstasy that you just like rip your flimsy like satin shirt that's soaked with sweat. Rip it right from your body. Well, yeah, this song transcends corniness. It's just like such a sweeping, pure statement of like love and passion 
to the point where it can't possibly describe realistic lover. No, pronouns. absolutely not. That's not the point. It's it's a it's an idealized, sensationalized oh, version. That's of it. and that's what, but that's what's so great about about the heated moments of of love, guys. Where it just like in those everything is like in that moment is forever, and it's fucking oh, every every sense is going crazy. I mean, smell is driving you nuts. Pheromones is crazy. Uh, Pillow casing is sopped with sweat. <laughs> I've ruined five or seven shirts. Mm. I've supermaned that hoe. (laughs) That's my bed. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, our initial we our initial end goal we set for ourselves with was finding the true meaning of love, and I think Mike Russell did it for us yet again. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank, thank you, oh, yeah. thank yeah. you, Mike. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome. So that was another day at the movies, and hopefully yeah. Mike didn't do any of the shit he was talking about at the movie. No, just jokes, guys. Come on. <laughs> this is definitely our most romantic episode. Uh, but Steve, thank you so much for the uh, research. You're welcome. And as a little, a little preview. As we're still talking about movies in terms of previews, mm. uh, I do have an idea for our next iteration of this. So and what is that? Stay tuned for a night at the movies. Ooh. Halloween edition. Ooh. Color me intrigued. In uh, like eight months. Eight yeah. months. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no one will remember I said it, so it's fine. But... uh Sometime between now and then, listeners, if you want, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Brigadier. And uh, leave us a review if you haven't already. We've been getting some new reviews. We very much appreciate it. And uh, I think that's it for my shameless plugs, uh, Mr. Mike Russell. Uh, yeah, you can catch my stuff at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR. Or on my Instagram at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR.dot. And yeah, like Nick said, you know, please leave a review. Send us a song suggestion. We're going to have another listener-submitted episode soon. It'll be dope. And um, yeah, so send those in. And also, why don't you send us uh, what kind of... Uh, <sighs> What kind of things, what you would do for love? What what extremes, you know? Or what to, what would you, you fight for love? Would you spend your lifetime loving? Would you uh, would you glorify love? <clears throat> would you rip off people's limbs and throw a pipe through someone's chest for love? What would you do? What would you do to your pillow for love? <laughs> and uh, Steve, where may we find you? I may find me on Twitter and Instagram at Your Man Trollo. Uh, uh, eventually, you may find me on the DDP website as well, along with yeah. the rest DDP. of us. DDP coming not, very soon. Not the Diamond Dallas Page website. I know that's not DDP Yoga, <laughs> just the Dabber Devil Productions, um, and uh, probably other places eventually. Yes. Uh, well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this night at the movies. I am Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm gonna... And we will see you next week. Take care. It's a Dapper Devil production, see?